0: Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host Sarah Balmont and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm
1: doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing?
0: I don't know why I stumbled over your name. I like wanted to throw an R in there, and I tripped up.
1: Maybe, maybe you were you know, missing Star Lord or something. I don't know.
0: Well, I just I felt like for a change the W was silent.
1: Hmm. hmm. I see. I see. What you <laughs>
0: there <laughs> and there we go that voice you hear ladies and gentlemen is our brand new guest host for the show please welcome Tasha Lyseth
2: thank you for having me you guys looking I forward nailed, to chatting tonight yeah.
0: I nailed her name perfect yeah
2: <laughs> you really yeah. did <laughs> you did uh, applause no silent letters okay.
1: no silent yeah. letters
0: Will, or should I say, ill, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> hey, I, hey I, I try to be, you know, I don't want to like mess up anyone's name or anything like that, so that's why I was just like, I wasn't sure. That's why I always ask.
0: Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I mean, we, we just, I'm just glad we asked the question because we've been known to forget that while we're doing the pre-show, and suddenly I'm doing the intro, and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill this because I just screw up on regular words in general. So uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm the host of the show. I really because don't. It's a
1: host this with the hostess You're awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. and I uh, <laughs> Well, well, okay, enough about me because we have Tasha here. So Tasha, you have been listening to the show and our crazy banter and oh, talk to us a little about about your TV. What what are your current shows? Like what what do you what draws you in as a viewer in these c- crazy TV shows?
2: Okay, uh I like fantasy fantasy stuff. Anything that just is kind of a break from the mundane is kind of my comfort. So I love Arrow. But like there's that's my limit because Flash and Supergirl, I watch them, but it's not something that I'm like as dedicated to. Like some people are just like every Monday through, they have to be there Sunday, Monday and Tuesday for all these shows and I'm just like Neh. Arrow is definitely my consistent watch. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Black Lightning, but that for me, I only watch it when it's like the end of the season and I can just binge all of it because I feel like it's more story-wise, it's more enjoyable for that show to just binge it. Interesting. Or at Interesting. least that's how I consumed the first season, and I really enjoyed it that way. Week to week for me with that show is just eh, not really my thing.
0: So beyond the comic book shows, is there a fantasy show on air right now that has really spiked
2: your interest? Um, let's see. Not really. I've just been. See, I tend to read more than I actually watch TV, which is yeah. I tend to read more books, so like I'll I'll read fantasy books. More so than I'll sit down and watch TV shows. Oh, smart lady. I'm a huge Netflix person. So when I do sit down and watch TV, like I binged Umbrella Academy. Absolutely loved it. That for me was a great show to watch. So things like that, I'll sit there and I'll be like, okay. And for the same thing with Passage, like I sat through like five episodes at once. I just let it pack up and then watched all of it at one time. But so I'll you're a binge watcher. Yeah.
0: Uh, on a week to week
2: basis, there's very few shows that I'll sit down and watch weekly.
0: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I, I know when I go through a binge I and then I start like the week to week shows, I'm always like, I wish there was more or or less. I don't know. There's something about the purity of a binge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will doesn't understand because he uh, hates I don't Netflix. Like that.
1: No, really. I don't, I don't hate Netflix. Right. I was just not enamored with the the Marvel shows on Netflix. So I, I did like Jessica Jones season one, but uh, yeah, the yeah, but Same. the rest were. I mean, Black, Luke Cage was was good. I mean, it was, you know, kept my interest, but I mean, no one liked. No, I exactly. No. <laughs> so some <laughs> our friends over at the uh, Geek Squad. T- Geekstalk TV podcast, they they love yep. Iron Fist. I think they're the only people in the universe that like that show. Um, but uh, beyond right. that, I, I don't think anyone is like, whenever, whenever it was canceled, folks were like, oh, okay, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it's kind of sad, though, with Iron Fist, because I feel like it got canceled right when it was actually starting to turn corner and get good.
0: Thank you. Like, yeah. So, yeah,
2: That's when it, what, like that last couple of episodes and seasons, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to yeah. know what's going to happen now and then it was canceled and I was like, yeah, oh, it, come it, it, on. It, it,
1: that, that, that happens to show sometimes whenever they're just starting to hit their stride, but you know, the damage was done early on and it's just really hard for them to recover.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, speaking of damage, um, let's get into Arrow. <laughs> and Tasha's comfort zone or comfy zone so so Tasha how how are you feeling about Arrow season seven because I I myself am this is my main show um that we cover and I'm just struggling to pay attention because everything feels so goddamn predictable
2: I don't know, maybe I'm like taking comfort in the fact that there's something predictable. Like, I don't know, because I actually really am enjoying this season for the most part. I can say in all honesty that most things in advance, I'm like, yeah, it's probably, that's probably what's going to happen because so much of this season is set up to be a parallel to season one. And so much of the, I mean, even the future characters, the moments that they had in like Star City 2040, were exact parallels to things that we've seen already I'm like I'm okay with that because generally I like them the first time around so I'm just like ah, eh, I'm not particularly bothered by that
0: I didn't even think about that parallel between the first season and this season. I'm just more like, well, saw that coming. I'm bored. <laughs> and what else you got? Also, when are they going to explain Renee's tan and hair in the future? Like, oh, that's a big mystery.
2: It's so bad. Like, the makeup on Renee in particular, him and Dinah, like, oof. It mm-hmm. was just... Just really, really. Yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe the, make-
1: the bad makeup job is to coincide with his selling out and just becoming a, sh- you know, a lackey for, um...
0: Care, Careful. I think he did it for love. <laughs> I think Emiko, no, 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 I do. I think Emiko is behind one of those corporations, whether it's Edgecore or Eating Corp. And you- because we have not seen her in the future via flashback, um, so there's also a possibility that she might have died alongside Oliver because technically, based off of Christ or based off of the else there's two lives that need to be sacrificed. Um, but that's another theory. Um, this one i I think he might have sold out because of her. And that would make sense, especially with given what they did in this episode um, between her and him. I mean, you can only give so many puppy dog eyes before you yeah. cave.
1: True. Yeah. Well, we 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 yeah. Try- Earlier in seven A, we were thinking that maybe Donna and Renee would finally like go down that path, but that-
0: no, no, Donna's the one who got away. Ah. Yeah.
2: yeah they i feel like renee and dinah are like firmly in the friend zone she's aunt dinah and that's it but emiko and renee i feel like the fact that she didn't kill him she was like oh oliver was there and she was like oh everybody kill him get rid of him but she had renee she could have hurt him and she specifically didn't and they threw in that line like oh I'm your partner no matter whoever we're facing it's me and you we're, we'll face them together with her and Renee and I'm like whatever happens it's going to be that Renee is like hey I'm going to help you no matter what and she's ultimately going to play him mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not purposely but that's what's going to happen because it's it's going to be him yeah. and mm-hmm. her and they're the ones who are going to steal Archer and they're the ones there's no way that Dante and Eden Core and galaxy one are not all connected like kevin dale is either his kid or his something but it's all connected
0: yeah absolutely um so you think that emiko is going to steal archer not that felicity is going to basically not flip-flop sides but maybe get tricked into building this world and then um, realizing what she has contributed to, um, like, years down the road.
2: I feel like, I think it's going to get stolen. Because, okay. I mean, we had the moment with um Emiko and Dante, where she says, mm-hmm. I, you know, I came across my brother's wife as Archer. And then we have that moment, like, earlier in the season, in the flash forwards, when Renee is like, oh, remember, Archer is a great thing to have as long as it's in the right Right hands, it's gotten into the wrong hands of four, and I don't feel like Renee, you know, I don't feel like Felicity would be careless with it. I think it's going to be one of those situations that probably Renee says, Oh, she probably goes back to them and says, Oh, you know, I'm actually a good guy, I'm just doing this, I'm trying to protect everybody from this situation. And he gives her access to Archer and that
1: that would mm-hmm. be fitting with, with Renee's character. I mean, he has done. That multiple mm-hmm. times this season, uh, or, or the series, where he, he is the weak, the weakest link in the in the team. Yep. Yeah.
0: I I feel like I'm being out arrowed, series spiraled right now, and I don't know how to feel about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm prideful of it and like just in awe of it, but I'm also kind of like, whoa, people who know more than I. Do. <laughs> no this is great Tasha you should keep it coming (laughs) so so then what are your thoughts about first of all what are your thoughts about Oliver right now in the sense that we know the show's ending at the end of season eight and and there's a high likelihood that he's going to get lost in in the crossover do you think that's a good ending for the series or do you have other theories out there
2: I may be deluding myself I feel like everyone who says that Oliver is going to die, I don't feel like you're wrong I just don't feel like at the end of this series Oliver is going to be dead Yeah That's a fair point. I feel like the only way this show started with Oliver Queen is alive This show is going to end with Oliver Queen is alive. I just, this show, they love parallels. That's their thing. It's what they do. It's how I'm always so comfortable saying, like, I feel this is what's going to happen because it's what they always do. They always try to find a way to parallel things. So I feel like the only way to actually fulfill his mission, you can't kill him and then he stays dead and Oliver Queen died saving the world, but he never actually fulfilled his mission and saved Star mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. what. What's the point of this seven years, eight years, if he doesn't actually fulfill yep. his mission, and who doesn't get to be with his family when that's the only thing he's wanted? That just
1: right. it doesn't make you're, sense. You're part, you're part yeah. of the club. We, we've said the same thing. <laughs> it does, it wouldn't make sense for the series in that way.
0: Yeah. Mm. Alright Right, exactly. So so then what's the difference, Tasha, between a parallel and the writers just reusing the same tropes over and over and over again?
2: I don't know that there is one. <laughs> I not, no, honestly, like I don't know that there is one. I'm just not bothered by it. Got Maybe it. it's because I think it's one of those things, like because I like certain aspects of the story – like, last episode, 2040 I probably loved this episode Because so many things Match with so many things I liked before mm. We had, you know, Mia doing the handstand push-ups That's what mm. Oliver used to do We had, um Connor saving, coming in at the last minute and saving Mia. The same, they came in at the last minute and saved Felicity when they, um, went into Merlin Goble in like season one. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed those moments. So seeing them again, it's like, oh, that's kind of cute. The kids are doing the same thing that they did. They have the same kind of bonds. That's great. It doesn't really bother me. So I'm like, oh, I enjoyed it the first time. It doesn't bother me to have it the second time. And it, and where season one, like 523 was the perfect tie back to that arc of him on Lee and Yu. Like I feel like season seven is just tying back to the whole all the way of season one. So I'm just like, oh, okay, this worked for me. No problem. Yeah.
0: I, I appreciate that tie. What I don't appreciate is how in this episode, basically I, f- Like, part of the legacy is that Moyer Queen was behind the gambit, um, sinking, in collusion with Malcolm. And now all of a sudden, the Ninth Circle and Amico is involved? Did I understand that right?
1: Malcolm
2: Elson. That I think I tweeted something like that. Like, at first... What I understood, what I've, oh, I never believed that Moira was responsible for the gambit sinking to my, what I understood was that she had it dredged up from the bottom of the ocean, brought to that warehouse because she wanted to find proof that Malcolm is the one who did that. Mm, okay. So
0: that's
2: why, that's what I understood it to be that she had it there because she was looking for proof. So we knew that Malcolm did it. And then this moment with Anika was basically telling us, oh, the Ninth Circle had access to the plans, whether they provided the bombs or they provided the person who placed the bombs, whatever. And she had the opportunity to tell her dad in advance, like, hey, guess what? Your friend's going to blow you up. And she was just like, nope, I'm not going to say a word because you won't help me start mm-hmm. the
0: materials. Right. right. Hmm. <laughs> you guys, You
1: guys are like Steeped in arrow lore here. I'm I'm along for the ride. Because I'm more of the flash guy, but uh, but those but your explanation makes makes total sense. And um, as we go forward, it, the the one thing I did like about this episode was it really they used the effective usage of the uh, of the flashbacks again because and it gets to the theme of, of parallels again. It was really now Emeko's turn to have the flashbacks and see how, and basically an episode see how she got to the place where she is, like we used to see with Oliver. And so of mm-hmm. course we we knew about the estrangement, how Robert Queen walked out on her, and we actually saw more of that and provided more depth to her her treachery basically, uh, which with Dante uh, and, you know, taking it to the, you know, Dante's Inferno. I mean, the, the nice circle is, you know, the, you know, translates to I think that's treachery as far as a ninth level of hell. So, um, it, we see that with the, with this, this organization and her treachery as far as dealing with uh, Team Arrow now.
0: Right. Right. Um, did anybody else notice that Dante doesn't age?
1: Yes, I know, right? Okay. <laughs> Adrian, 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 Adrian Paul is a badass. He, he, you know, he's a Highlander. What can you he say? He's the Highlander.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I just wanted to see a Lazarus pit, you know, to make it
2: somewhat c- coherent the to the Lazarus world. I to come back. I'm with yeah. you on that one. Just yeah. like. To- my wild and out there theory is that Tommy's coming back in that Lazarus pit And I need it to happen I Roy has to be Lazarus pit crazy Like am I the only person Like that's what that is It's not Marikuru he's Lazarus pit crazy mm-hmm. I mm. feel like that's what it has to be And I need somebody else to come back in this pit Like it has to That's I. what she left to do So
0: Yeah. Yeah I.e. where is Thea
2: yeah, and that's why he stranded himself on the island by himself, because...
0: Speaking about people coming back, Laurel played a big part in this episode. I didn't mind it. Um, I got a little bit bored between her and Dinah, though. Um, and then the, the final confrontation between her and Miko really intrigued me, which, to go back to how does Miko get a hold of Vulture... Laurel could actually also have a big part in this if she ends up um, betraying her current friendship with Felicity or leading her astray too. Yeah,
1: I don't know if they'll, they've built, done such a job of building Laurel up to in the soul redemption arc. I, I don't know if they would they would go that direction.
0: What were they doing this episode?
1: Well, no, I think I think. Laurel was basically, no, I think Laurel's role in this episode because she is the wild card. She's Black Siren. Obviously, Oliver still is working his way of, you know, fully trusting Black Siren in this new role as DA, taking the place of Earthland Laurel. And so she could be that voice to say to him, look, you know, watch your sister. Because because she knows his weak spot, because she even tells him, you know, her her Oliver and this Oliver has the same kind of weak spot in his family. And she's warning him, don't let that weak spot get exploited by your sister.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I don't think it's family. I, I think Oliver Queen's weak spot is re, re, the de, the desire to redeem others because he's always been fighting for his own redemption. Because Felicity had a very similar conversation with him back in season five when Black Siren first appeared in Star City, where she talked to him about his desire to save Black Siren as redemption for what happened to Earth One Laurel.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with you there. He oh does have a blind spot with um, with family, but the redemption thing is, he says it all the time. Like, if he feels like redeeming that other person redeems him. Re- redeeming Robert, redeeming Amiko, it redeems him because of all his past failings. Like, his sister, Robert was a bad dad. We all know this. And the burdens that he left and the way he traumatized his kids... For Oliver, it kind of turned into a good thing because he was kind of a mess and he stepped up and for Amico, she went the dark side. Mm-hmm. But um, the way Oliver is, he's always trying to fix things for other people when there are some certain situations where he's just like make your own where he should just be like, make your own mess, clean it up yourself. I'm staying out of this. But he doesn't. He can't. That's not his nature. And mm-hmm. that's a bigger problem because his family is just like, oh we know this isn't working and he's just never going to ignore it. He's always going to try to fix situations for other people. That's just, that's all of Right.
0: It is interesting to watch this episode of Arrow having watched Supergirl just the night before. And in both episodes, they construct it around flashbacks and around a a girl being manipulated by men To do certain things and to um, to help them build whatever their empire they're building. Or um, and in Robert's case, it was more like I don't know if he deliberately meant. I mean, hmm, I gotta figure out what I want to say about Robert. But um, I thought some of his moments were were the strongest with Amico because you understand why more why. Um, she she's like uh, no Dante's my new daddy
2: yeah because I mean Robert was so wealthy he could have been like hey you can't name your company Queen Materials name it something else but I'm going to give you a couple of bucks so you can start your own company and build something great but no no he's like nope everything every cent is going to Oliver seriously yeah, not I her, like, at all? That would have saved a lot of people a lot of grief, but no.
0: Well, I mean, Queen Materials is pretty lame name. <laughs> Nothing like eating gorp. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that was my actual subtle transition to switch topics into Supergirl, unless there were any final thoughts. Nope. Okay. Because, I again, when I was watching Arrow, I could not help but think about how Lex was doing this to to the new Supergirl. How are wow. we
1: going to refer let's, to her? I don't know her what red. to call. Since so she's a red dot. Red. red. she's red. Daughter,
0: red dot, so so
1: right? Let's just call her Red.
0: Okay, so I like Lex is manip- manipulating Red in these flashbacks, and and at first I was annoyed. Um, and then the more the all of the threads started to get woven into how far his manipulation extends to all of these characters and to all of these storylines we've been watching throughout the entire scene, it, um, season, I was kind of like, I respect this. This is pretty good storytelling happening right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, this was probably one of the strongest episodes of across all the shows, all season. So as you said, sir, I think part of it, how Lex has been the puppeteer behind everything that's been going on, not only manipulating Red, but also manipulating Kara and Lena and Agent Liberty. I mean, it just to this grander scheme of what we know was Lex Luthor as far as his master manipulator, Wanting ultimate power domination. And this is how you do a big bad. And how you reveal a big bad. And really, you know, even though it was a little late in the season, but it just, you know, unlike last year where Supergirl just kind of floundered to the end, to me now it's like it just took an already strong season and just kicked it up another level.
2: Yeah, I have to say that. I don't consistently watch this show, but I did like check out the last couple of episodes with Lanther and I was like, from the minute you introduce him in the prison and then you see that he's like playing chess with three different cellmates <laughs> and he checks, checkmates them as he's like walking down the hallway. So it's like his, his mind is so strategic that he just knows what he's, so when it started to unfold throughout the episode, I was like, yes. Yeah, so like, this is it, you know exactly what you're doing, you had a plan, you played everybody, and it was so well orchestrated. It was really, yeah, no, really good. No more ducky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't know if he's a better Lex Luthor than some of the ones we've had in the past, Um He, he he's definitely a different version of Lex Luthor. Um, but I just, I feel like he's been given so much material just based off of the writing and the storyline and every, everything that they've laid in terms of foundation for him being included. Because you're, you're right, Will. Like when you introduce a big bad, introduce a big bad so late in the season. Sometimes they feel like they come out of nowhere, and then there's very thin connections into why why does this matter when we have this other fight going on. Um, but this just adds a whole nother layer to everything and just um, uplifts it overall, especially with Lena.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, the, you know, we talk about parallels and some of the. It seems like the writer's room all go out to the same coffee shop and like, okay, here's what we're going to do for, in a showrunners, here's what we're going to do this season, and here's the themes that we're going to parallel across the air over shows. And I can't speak for Legends because even when it was on, I didn't watch it. So, but at least with the three shows that are on right now, you know, there's this common, this thread of family and betrayal. Legacy. And. Legacy and and Supergirl lists that Lex and Lena legacy that they're unfolding. And, and Lex is always, you know, he's always been mentioned, you know, and referenced to throughout the seasons with Lena. But now we're getting that payoff and, and seeing how, you know, Lex has, again, as you said, there are manipulated various things and actions and events to his benefit, even to the point where, like we saw in this episode, in order to get the super drug, he basically manipulated a situation where he gave himself cancer in front of his sister because he knew that at the end of the day, whenever he was sick, she was going to help him. And so he put everything in motion, put himself in that radioactive chamber and like got cancer so she can make this super drug so then he could, like, use it to strengthen himself and then you know, has, as luck would have it, you know, he comes across this red daughter and really is the greatest threat to Supergirl that she really hasn't faced. And even during the episode, they even kind of referenced that, you know, she kind of Pollyanna whenever Red was in Kara's apartment and stuff and how her life seems so light and whatever and when you know when the world around him, as we've seen all season, has been just despair and it's crap for aliens and everything like that. So, I mean, I just really again, no more ducky. I really like this version of Lex Luthor because I think that really, when you get look at the core character in the comics and other places, other media, media where he's been portrayed, you know, probably like in the maybe the first two Superman movies with Christopher Reeve um, and even I didn't watch Smallville But from what I've understood Michael Rosenbaum's portrayal of him Very similar This is what the ultimate arch enemy Should look like And they have did a super awesome job This season unfolding with him In these last two episodes
2: Yeah I think he's a really good blend Of like Hackman's version of the character Rosenbaum's With a little bit of that crazy That Eisenberg like, threw in there He does a really good job with the role
0: yeah, yeah. Um, for for some reason, I know different character, but I kept getting Jack Nicholson vibes and how like that that charisma about what he was doing. That's li- like, and it's it's um it's mu- much more la- la- um, louder and more in your face arrogance than any kind of subtlety. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's brilliant and he knows it, and he's not like hiding that. He's just like, "This is me, deal with it," and that's right. the way he plays the role.
0: But he would be nowhere without Mrs. Marker.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and I just I like how he he knew what he was doing the whole time and two things he did that i thought were his his more brilliant things was when he realizes when when she when red daughter can only say alex and he assumes that identity and it it drives you crazy because you're like he is not alex even though like there's only an a difference between those two names Which also drove me drove me crazy, um, but but that's that's how people get in. Like they they assume that place that you, they um, they find they see where the weakness is or the missing piece, and they try to fill that void, and that's how they get their hooks in you. And then when he told that story of where she comes from and what she was deserved, I mean that that. Totally screamed what happened to Miko on Arrow this week where you are, you are told like you could have all this if only you were born for this other person. Um, and because you're not and because you're lesser than, um, suddenly you're cast aside and that's, and, and looking back at just pure storytelling, that's where a lot of these good vendettas and family, um, betrayals come from is that, of that envy of not being the firstborn or not being the one entitled to everything that the family is supposedly owed. So I thought it was great, and how it paralleled to what happened between him and Lena was just, like, the cherry on top.
2: Yeah, that was really good. That was really good storytelling.
0: And and we all know the kid is coming back into play to ruin all of Lex's right, plans, right?
1: right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Otis will do something stupid, and then like the kid will get out, and your Red Daughter will see him, and you know she'll realize that she's
2: she's gonna realize yeah. she was being yeah. lied to and get super angry about it.
0: In, in Otis's defense, he he did do the rational thing to not only save the kid, but also explain to the kid: if you ever see a bald man, you run, you play dead, <laughs> you yeah. just just die. <laughs> and I'm like, there's there's quite a few bald men out there. That's gonna be hard.
1: <laughs> just any of them, just disappear. The bald man in a shiny war suit, you know that. uh <laughs>
0: crazy any any other thoughts about supergirl No,
1: no I, it's as i said i think uh I said earlier on one of our earlier podcasts that I thought this was definitely gonna be its best season and 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 so far it has has not disappointed i i think' i will have to say, in my opinion I will say that this show has been the most consistent one in the Arrowverse this year mhm-
0: I'd agree with that. What about you, Tasha?
1: I really couldn't say, because
2: I don't <laughs> consistently watch it, but I will say that with these last couple of episodes, I'm probably more interested in this show than I have been in a very long time. So I'll probably go and catch up on it.
0: You, you, you should, I highly recommend um, this season, this half, there was an episode called um, Man of Steel, and it's about Ben Lockwood. And if you think this was a well-written episode, I I still preferred that episode over this one. Okay. So as a character yeah, yeah. piece.
1: But but again? I will say now, seeing how I appreciate Matt is still even more now with this other p- element that we've we piece of evidence that we learned this week, which is Lex being behind him, and Otis was like, I got your guy.
0: Right, right. So, so it was like this episode of Supergirl gave you Man of Steel part 2, which DC, the DCEU will never um, give you well, will.
1: That's okay. I mean, Zack Snyder, you know, just basically <laughs> <her laughs> reminded us why it's a good thing that DCEU is no longer in his hands today.
2: <laughs> oh man. Yes. I saw that. I saw it
1: yes. online and I was just like, oh,
2: "Why?" <laughs>
0: They made such a mess. I, oh, oh boy! <laughs> they made a mess, and they're never going to clean it up because they got rid of the head of Warner Brothers now, so they're going to yeah. get a new person. Oh, hey, they, you know, With with,
1: with, uh, with Shazam, and it, I'm telling you, it's things are on the right path. They're on the right path.
0: Oh, oh, I I agree. I I agree that Shazam is is going to be a step forward. However. I the Harley Quinn stuff scares me to
1: death. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the, oh. Same. Well, the, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I just
1: yep.
0: whatever that was, I I am still at a loss for words because the production value in that I'm like seriously, Margot Robbie. I'm sure you're making way more money. Couldn't you have contributed a little bit more? <gasps> Don't oh, get it.
1: Maybe, maybe we'll be all be pleasantly surprised. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, I hope so. <sighs> I I kind of secretly want it to fail because if if it continues to fail, I can rub it in <laughs> Will's face and I just there there's something about that that is so pure. <laughs>
1: hey, we're, we're, we're both equals on on uh, not having seen Sears squad and I will not I will not I will not do that. So
2: yeah. Good. No, maybe they're just random one-off movies will actually work. I think when they, they were trying so hard to make something that they didn't really earn with the other movies, not like with Marvel where they slowly built to what they had, they just wanted to skip a bunch of steps and throw everybody in there and be like, hey, you guys read the comics, so enjoy. And I think maybe now that they're just like stepping back from it and just like, okay, we're just going to give you this one movie with this set of characters, enjoy it or don't, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a better way for Definitely. them to go than what they Definitely. were doing before. It. Yeah. it,
0: it I, I think... I, I really like how you articulated that, Tasha, because I think that that's also another reason why most sequels fail. Because it's always... Because when something works and suddenly is um, skyrocketed into that pul- um, pop culture zeitgeist, it, it 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 wasn't intended to be that. Like very few things, it's kind of like oh, everybody knew on set that this was gonna be amazing. One film for some reason comes to mind is Gladiator. That was a huge film and one best picture. They were writing the script on the set it was a mess, it was a shit show <laughs> and and not very, so so like Titanic, people expected to fail and yet everybody saw that in theaters despite the boobs
2: <laughs> it's just <wasn't laughs> a fact I so, think like 300 too, that wasn't expected to do what it did at the theater hey. and be the blowout that it was that it ended up getting a sequel, it was just one of those movies that's like okay, we'll see how it goes and then theaters were packed, so they were like, okay, well, now we have to do a sequel to this.
0: Right, and and then they do the sequel, and nobody cares, because there's something so pure about that, Un- going into something without those expectations, that this is supposed to be good, you are supposed to like it, this is how you're supposed to feel about the story, and oh, now you're walking away having spent your money, and you don't feel that way. Well... <laughs> What does that say? Or you're not going to tell your friends. And this is why things fail.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That and the trailers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So was that trailer? I just... Oh, Lord. Not
0: good. it wasn't even a trailer it was just this weird character introduction although we're just gonna constantly flash back to Harley Quinn who I, I'm sorry her wardrobe sucks I I do not appreciate that wardrobe and it just is very like whoa okay,
2: okay. it almost felt like they took like 30 seconds out of the middle of like a 80s rock video and just and we're just like here you go these are your characters enjoy there was nothing that made any sense there was nothing that was supposed to be like yes i am truly connected like the look of each individual character it's okay that's not horrible but then everything together is like it would have been better to just give us stills of the characters than what we actually got
0: and you know what This may be sacrilegious for me to say, but I was actually most interested about about Black Canary. Same. And then I saw her, and I'm like, oh, God, they ruined it. And she hasn't even said anything. (laughs) It's just, it's done. (laughs) But speaking about one-offs, let's head over and talk about Black Lightning, because they aired their finale last week, Part 2, Omega, a war is coming to Freeland, and it was all because Jefferson was finally happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he <be>, was <be> a <laughs> happy man, yeah. so happy he just broke down and broke down in tears. Which I have to say, I think I, that's why I, I like this show, and and I and I agree with you, Tasha, where it could definitely be a, a, it's, a it's a good binge-worthy show because it's only you know the season is only what 13. 13, 14 episodes, so it's not much longer than the Marvel shows, so you can knock it out in one setting. But the, the mm-hmm. one thing I like about Jefferson in that moment at the end of the episode was it was just so human in this show of metas and reanimation and all that other, you know, green light and everything, but it was just a given what he's been through the whole set second season it was just a moment and of just and he just could just relax and enjoy his I fa- suppose think he could enjoy his family but you know happened and you know we uh, we got our kick, kick off the season three
0: Yeah and creepy Odell. Was and that's that's my name for him. Please don't steal it. Uh, creepy Odell just was like all too happy to deliver that news, just by walking into their house. Um, like he he owns it. Like that's his house. Granted, he has been spying on them. Which did it ever get off get out that he was spying no, on it them?
1: Spying on them? No, it did not.
0: Well, plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> Just out there. Uh, you know, and he's the character who they're using in a very interesting way because they're we still don't know he he wasn't the main person, like it's always been Tobias. And and he's subtly in the background pulling all of these strings and orchestrating um all of these these moves and and he's I like how they not only allow him to be the messenger, but also Markovia, which... Can anybody tell me why that sounds so familiar to me, Markovia? I know they've dropped it in this this season a few times now, but I swear I've heard it in other shows or movies before, and I just can't I figure to, out where. Uh,
1: and it's been driving me nuts, and I, every time I'm, I've been meaning to wiki it or Google it, and I just, I've been lazy and haven't. But it, it definitely has. <laughs> but it, it
2: I feel like I've heard other Arrow for sure this is
1: their way to yeah slowly tie Black Lightning in with the larger universe.
0: Oh, I thought it was all of the the human drops. Oh, there was the name drops. Yeah, yeah, but that that's also something that always, whenever I watch this show, I'm always like, wait, what are you going to do with that line? Are you going to tie it into Arrowverse? <laughs> what are you insinuating there, huh? <laughs> Smoke technology, if anyone's going once, going twice. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, to see Lynn, Dr. Jace, and Felicity have a conversation would be pretty interesting. I in my there, fan there, fiction. There. <laughs> 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 I love this. It, every time I am shooting.
2: I got it, you guys. Okay. Markovia was okay. on Arrow from early seasons. It was a moment between um, Deadshot when when Oliver was tracking Deadshot. They mentioned Markovia. So we we're talking way back. I was say, I don't think I'm remembering that. Yeah. But so we know that it, but that's why the name's familiar, because it's, it's a comics thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it's popped up in Flash, it's popped up in Arrow. They've mentioned mm-hmm. it before. Yeah.
0: And granted, had you told me that that was the episode where they were at the league and Felicity and Oliver hooked up for the very first time, how romantic, I would have been like, yeah, that's exactly where I remember it. <laughs> wow, that was a detour. All right, back on track. Okay, so this episode, Freeland is just a mess because the Cape guy got shot by the police. There are riots. Jennifer almost feels Gamby because Jennifer is not Gamby's daughter and Nissa is.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> Jeff Jefferson and Lynn discover J- Doctor Jason Tobias's plan with the with the pod people or the green light people. And the ASA is involved and Doctor Chase is wanted in Markovia and so she gets kidnapped again. And um, and I like that because Doctor Jace is actually I think one of their stronger villains, and I'm glad that they kept her around and did not kill her like they killed somebody else. And and they're going to use her in the future um, because everybody wants to see Lynn beat up Doctor yeah, Jace that was again. Of
1: the highlights of the season. <laughs> she, she whooped her ass. Yes. <laughs> oh great! Not nice. yeah. looking forward to but no but she it
0: was Lynn Lynn (laughs) yeah
1: but you're right I mean Jace has been one of those characters every time that they bring her back it she's she brings a lot to the show and also I just love her and Tobias back and forth banter and bickering and it just I guess it's for her it's for Jace she's like okay I gotta plan up with this this clown and Tobias is like, I got to put up with this brainy, this brainiac here because she's the only way I'm going to get my meta meta army. So it's, you know, it's definitely one of those things where it's a relationship of convenience because they need each other and, but they, but they despise mm-hmm. each other at the same time. So it's just, it's just great to see that sort of play out.
0: And, and I mean, we were just talking about Supergirl and, Lexman manipulation to get back into um, contact with Lena it's very similar like I need you you need me and so we have to do this together or else everybody's screwed and that's usually how it works with these people they they tend to be able to fill that void that you're missing um and that's why their necessity to yeah. stay alive is yeah, so. Did,
1: yeah, so she will so, never. She won't end up like that with the one kid with the bomb under her under her car seat. So.
0: Wow, that got wow, dark.
1: Yeah, dark moments in this in this season. I mean, I felt like Jefferson at the end. I was just like, I was just sitting at the dinner table, just wanted to enjoy dinner with the family, and you know, it, it it all the emotions, my emotions, it just came you know, they just came out.
0: Well, I'm sorry. Jennifer is a teenager yeah. with powers, and she can literally be a nuclear bomb. What are yeah, you to expect? That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's going to get dark. <laughs> literally. And it did get dark in this episode. Literally. <laughs> there was power outage. Yeah. So, okay. I, I said it in the past and And will, we had a very intense conversation, and I, Tasha, feel free to chime in whenever, but i I still stand by. It. It's a missed opportunity not to have Jennifer kill Tobias because i i I know they want to keep this very family centered, and the heroes should remain heroes, but there was just so much going into that moment. I mean she did more damage it looked like to Gambi than she,
1: she to did to Tobias. Did. Zack Snyder. Um, but
0: <laughs> Language.
1: <laughs> she did do more damage to Gambit, but but I think, and it may ultimately happen where she does get it, but then again, given the little little glimpse that we saw of someone being reanimated, it you know, m- maybe not but um yeah I, I, I still I, I, I it would have been a very interesting place to go story wise if she had fallen through and actually killed Tobias and, uh, and and part of me does wish they had gone there because it really would have added element to you know we've had references to Marvel and these shows the last few weeks with great power comes great responsibility um and for her to go cross that line and see how Jefferson dealt with that would have been it would have been dark, but it would have let. Jennifer's had the sort of redemption arc from the beginning, and it would have really taken it to a whole other place if they had gone there. But I think we're still we're only in. Season 2 of the show So for her to go to that Super dark place and, and killing someone Would have been I think too much at this at this juncture in, 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 in the Black Lightning universe
2: I don't know I I mean I think you could If I mean obviously they plan on Continuing this show Since she's so like Young and new into her powers This might be a this would kind of I feel like this would be a really good time to have her spiral out because she kind of has the excuse of she's still learning how to control them so she has that struggle of not only is she just learning how to control them but her emotions are running high and this is somebody that she really hates and then having her deal with the burden of yeah you really hated this person so you wanted to get rid of them but also that moral quandary of I shouldn't be killing people. I mean,
1: I, I get you. I get that as a teachable moment. Yeah, and
2: then, it. then let her like grow from that and build her way back up. i like how Oliver did. He had to take the next few seasons to get to that place where you're like, okay, this is my new balance level. This is where I can function from because now he's had that struggle and had that that experience. Because I feel like season four or five, you then be like, okay, now I'm just gonna have her kill somebody. Then it's like, why? Mm.
1: What? good point? That's good, good, yeah. <laughs> that good that for point. I mean, it would have been. Uh, I, I, you're right. I mean, it would have been a good teachable moment for her. Like, like as you said with Oliver. She's done it, and it was an intentional act versus um, lose or, or 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 teach her how to to remain in control of her powers. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so did anybody see that K- Khalil was still alive? Kinda like he he he's a, he's not dead. He's he's asleep. He's what like is Obama.
1: he? <laughs> Doctor, the evil uh, the evil scientist got a hold of his DNA. I guess I don't know. I, yeah, I saw that. I did see that when I was watching the episode. I was like, wait a minute, that looks like painkiller. But uh, yeah, I
0: don't know... Uh, It's like like Odell went from creeper, stalker, gross, to to kidnapping, gross. Like, all in an episode. Man. Man. The the man moves fast. Moves very, very (laughs) fast. But he does not... not I, he doesn't look like he can run very fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's have, a, let's have a race between Gamby and Odell. We'll see.
0: <laughs> and then Sam Jackson from Captain Marvel, yeah. right? Nick Fury? Yeah, okay. okay. Old Nick or young Nick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Young, old, yeah. depending on the, the budget yeah. for the race. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like. It was very unexpected for them to do the war, like the war that is coming. Um, but looking back, the moment they talk about what this means, it all made sense to me. And and I'm I'm kind of I'm relieved that Tobias is in jail, not because he's a bad villain, but just because you can only do that that arc so many times and they did it with Jefferson. Now they did it with Jennifer and it would have been very tired had he still been running amok in season three. So I, I like that they've kind of put him on hold. Um, most likely I like that cutter is still out there and she broke ties with him because she's smart and he is crazy um, and she can likely be brought back in, and also serve as a a smaller villain for Jennifer in season three.
1: She could, she could, but yeah, she definitely got out before. Uh, yeah, she she knows folks have a have a shelf life with Tobias, and she got out of there before her her time was up. Mhm,
0: mhm, yep. So, any final thoughts about this finale? Um,
1: I think you're you're right in that the, we've did this journey of all the, the Pierce family coming back together and fully coming all powered as far as Jennifer and and, and Anissa and yeah I mean I, I'm looking forward to to this war next season.
2: I know that how that advice has been caught so you know I'll have to watch it <laughs> finally. <laughs> To catch up and see what I missed, but I'm glad he was caught. I'm glad that he's locked up. I, I don't, you know, he can be their version of Merlin and pop back in a couple of seasons from now and do wreak havoc. But it'll be nice to start fresh with something.
0: Well, I, I think we've gone through it all. Um, some great discussion. Tasha is for sure coming back at least once or more. Um, because she's obviously more knowledgeable on Arrow than I am and it scares me, intimidates me but I, again, I do respect it greatly so Tasha, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you so they can um, share their thoughts on Arrow with you
2: Oh, well, thanks again for having me, you guys and you can find me at Hindsight20 and Will, where can okay. they find me you?
1: Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K
0: You can find me at SJBelmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, Geek Out. You're welcome.